Welcome to Backboard Banter on the board with your hosts, Matt Middleton and Kevin Rayner, where the banter's as ferocious as Scotty Barnes coming in with that skyhook, buddy. Got me hyped. I mean, that game may have been a little sad, but for him to open up his career with the second shot, because he did miss the three, I believe, but to come in with the baby skyhook that swished, ooh, I loved it, Matt. Dude, I it was definitely the highlight of the night for Raptors fans. <laughs> uh, I... Maybe maybe it wasn't such the highlight of the night, but definitely Scotty's highlight of the night. We'll get into the Raptors game a little bit later, man. I don't want to get too much into it, but just happy to have the NBA back. Happy to have our Raptors back. Oh, what a glorious week it is. I mean, it took us like over an hour to get our predictions out there. So, I mean, we're definitely pumped for the NBA season, but we got to get through the NFL. We got to get through the NHL. The sports world is a buzzing right now. Ah, absolutely, my friend. Um... I did call the Steelers winning against the Seahawks. We could have called it out last week, but uh, we'll call it out right now. Um, and then no two-point night for KK. Uh, hopefully he kind of doesn't get it tonight because uh, they play Montreal in Montreal. So the the kid returns home. Uh, Carolina's 2-0. and Montreal's 0-4. Uh, I'll get into that a little bit later too, though. Yeah, yeah, we're hoping for a bounce back win for Matt. But yeah, before that, we gotta we gotta stick with the NFL because the Cardinals they're still rolling. Matt, my prediction is still alive. I have a lot of faith for this team to go eight and zero. They've got two more wins incoming: Texans, which I believe in, and then the Packers. That's gonna be a tough finish, but this team looks so good. Man, last undefeated team in the NFL currently. The way that they absolutely rolled Cleveland without Cliff Kingsbury, their coach, without Chandler Jones, one of their best pass rushers, and a plethora of other players who had to miss because of COVID-related issues, they came in as kind of being underdogs a little bit after all that information came out, and they stomped Cleveland. They came out hard to a 14-0 lead and ended up just winning 37-14. to It was a beatdowns of epic proportions from Kyler Murray, the Oklahoma Ohio State quarterback over Baker Mayfield, the other Oklahoma Ohio State quarterback who looked to get pretty hurt in that uh, sack by JJ Watt, but then came back, played right away, but he's going to miss some time with that torn labrum. He's lucky it's his non-throwing arm, you know, so he won't be extremely affected, but like one good tackle later in this season. And I mean, it could spell trouble. Absolutely. Um, I think it's a smart idea that they're sitting him this week. Uh, give him some rest because they, he's going to need it if they're going to be a, a deep playoff run. Um, it's kind of looking unlikely, though. I, I believed in it at the beginning of the season, a little less so at this point. What about you, Kev? You think they could do it? I mean, it's been a wild season, right? There's a lot of ups and downs with some teams kind of showing up and some teams absolutely falling flat. So, I mean fans would be happy but do we believe in it considering this injury i'm gonna fall on the 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 no side yeah probably on the no side another wild win for jacksonville uh they got their first win of the season trevor lawrence becoming the first ever rookie quarterback to win a game over in london uh big win over the the miami dolphins 23 to 20 in ot uh you think this is going to spell a run for trevor lawrence and those jacksonville jaguars isn't it like their first win in like 20 games like is this the anomaly like he's supposed to be like a generational talent so i mean do i think the jags will get another win this season probably is it gonna happen this week like i don't know who their matchup is but i'm pretty happy saying no they're on by this week but they play seattle the week after 
Um, okay, so they do get a win this week by being on by. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it's going to spell uh, a win streak for them. That roster is pretty pretty poor outside of their wide receivers and Trevor Lawrence. But hey, man, a win is a win. They'll take that for sure. Um, another crazy game that I thought was going to be an absolute blowout was Cowboys over in New England. But New England made it close, man. Mac Jones, yeah, he threw some some INTs, especially to his uh, teammate Trayvon Diggs, who returned it for a pick six. But then he beat him on a big touchdown pass as, as well. Um, he showed that he's got an arm, you know, played up up to and with Dak Prescott almost the entire game. But CeeDee Lamb and the Cowboys just ended up being too much, winning it in overtime. I mean, I feel like we talked about this when the Patriots were facing the Buccaneers. Like, the best teams win those close games, and it sucks for New England to have fallen short twice now in these close games. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's something that when they had Tom Brady, Tom Brady would have figured out a way to win those games. Uh, but Mac Jones is still just a rookie. You know, Tom Brady didn't start a single game in his rookie season. He rode the bench uh, behind Drew Bledsoe. So they're in a different spot in, at that point in their career. And Mac Jones is, is producing pretty good results he's the only quarterback to have hit 100 qbr um he's hit it three times where while all the other qbs that are rookies haven't hit it once uh but they're really coaching him like qbr is the goal and not really winning hmm. is the goal so you win some you lose some i guess i mean you think with that coaching situation with that organization that good things will come out of him if he's willing to put the work in so I mean, the fact that they're in these close games is a testament to that work, hopefully. And at the end of the day, you know, they're not looking for extreme success right now. Like, this team wants to be good in a couple of years. So this is good This is good signs of hope, I guess. Good for him to develop. Yeah, definitely. But you hope that he develops out of the game manager role and kind of into what Tom Brady did. Because uh, game managers, I've watched them for so long with Kirk Cousins in Minnesota, man. And somehow, some way, they always end up in these tight games with teams that they should be beating or losing against teams um, that they... like. It's just poor, poor football. Kirk Cousins has been a good quarterback this year, but they should have beat Carolina more handedly. They did get the overtime win. It was a pretty good game. Carolina comes all the way back in that fourth quarter only to lose on a KJ Osborne touchdown. The man, when he noticed the camera started to mean mug, which was pretty funny to me because he was pretty, pretty happy about it beforehand, but he had to throw in that mean mug in at the end. <laughs> I mean, a, a win's a win, right? Like, there was what three overtimes this week in, in the NFL? Like, I feel like a lot of games were close. Oh, there was a ton of close games. You're exactly right. Three overtime game. We've already hit on two of them. We probably won't talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers Seattle one, even though we did get that one right. Um, <laughs> the one that I want to move to, man, the Tennessee Titans beating the Buffalo Bills on Monday night was a absolute shocker for me. Um, but it might might not have been if I had been paying attention, I guess, because Tennessee, besides their really bad win to the to or loss to the New York Jets. They've been a pretty quietly pretty good team. Uh they did lose to Arizona in week one, but everybody knows what Arizona's been doing since then. Um but they beat the Bills, man, and the Bills coming off that Kansas City Chiefs loss. Was it just a case of them riding too high and overlooking Tennessee? Or was this actually a statement win for Tennessee? I mean it's it's tough, right? The Bills are in this weird place as this team that should be relevant because of their record, but also 
besides the Chiefs, we haven't been extremely happy. Like, yeah, they've had blowout wins, but again, the teams that they were blowing out weren't fantastic. So I feel like it's a coin flip, right? I think you could go either way, and it really is the next week coming up with both of these teams that determines it. Because if if you know if the Bills can bounce back, they're good. But if the Titans can continue their you know relevancy of 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 quietly winning games of not really catching anybody's radar like that's a good spot to be in that's one of my favorite spots to be in as a team because everyone's kind of ignoring you nobody's really trying to figure out what you're doing and you're just chugging along with victory after victory yeah well this is their first signature win this week or this year they've beaten jacksonville the colts and uh seattle seattle still had russell wilson at the time so that's a decent win the colts are are now figuring it out um but derrick henry man the guy has 260 more yards than the next closest running back in this race. He is 783 wow. yards through six weeks, while the next closest guy has 523. He is on pace to smash, absolutely destroy the rushing record. He probably could have done it in 16 games, but the fact that he has an extra game this year, I'm going to say wow. guarantee it almost. It's not even a mystic prediction. It's not even a hot take. It is just a fact at what this man is going to achieve this year. And they just feed him the rock, and he, he touts it, man. I mean, when you got it going on, right, at the end of the day, if you got it going on, you know, give him the ball and get going. That's a ridiculous number. When you put that number out, I was like, wait, how many games into the season are we? Are you including the preseason games? Like, that's insane. Yeah. Six weeks. 783 yards and he's only been getting better in recent weeks he hit like a 22 miles per hour speed on uh on monday night for a guy who's 6'3 245 pounds 50 pounds like that is a big man moving really fast at you <laughs> and i'd be on the ground Oh, I'd be, I'd be scared. on the ground out just destroying us, Matt. We wouldn't stand a chance. Well, that's that's my game of the week there, the the Baltimore or the Buffalo Tennessee game. It was a really good one. Uh, Tennessee held Josh Allen on that fourth down. He ended up slipping. He could have gotten it. Um, so it was a, it was a tight game. I'm not going to ding Buffalo too much uh, this week for it. Uh, they're still pretty high up in my power rankings, but I think I think this leads us into my top ten, my friend. I'm looking forward to it. We'll see who can sneak in there. We'll see. Uh, I mean, the top is obvious. So are you starting at the bottom? Are you starting down low? Yeah, I, I'm going to start with three honorable mentions that were tough uh, to leave out. But I did have to keep Cleveland in at number 10 over these three teams, Tennessee, Las Vegas, and Cincinnati. I like what they're all doing, but I'm going to need a little bit more evidence to put them in here. I think Cleveland has okay. a better roster than these guys. Uh, they've just played some really tough competition. I mean, when, you, when you're when you losing to the Chargers, the Chiefs, and Arizona, like, that's stiff competition. You, you've done what you're supposed to do. Yeah, you can't really blame them for L's like that. Yeah, so so the Browns at, at coming at number 10 still. They're just holding on to that, that spot tenuously. Uh, we'll see what, what Case Keenum can provide over Baker Mayfield this week, and hopefully they can stick in at that, that 10 spot. Um, a team that really dropped for me this week was the Chargers. I thought Justin Herbert and those Chargers were going to be one of the best teams in the AFC, if not the best team in the AFC. And Baltimore came out, and they were like, nah. 34 to 6. Lamar Jackson and that team absolutely smashes Justin Herbert. Um, yeah, they're going to fall down to number nine. Yeah, they, they lost to Baltimore, though. So yeah, it's a tough one. 
Matt over here with a big smile, you know, with Baltimore getting these Ws. Absolutely huge smile because they have definitely rocketed it up. But we're coming in at number eight here to a team that they beat. The Baltimore Ravens beat the Kansas City Chiefs here. Uh, they they played a perfect half of football against the Washington football team at the end there. Uh, kind of struggled at the beginning of the game, but, you know, it was like 21 to nothing in the second half. The defense looked good. Patrick Mahomes' turnovers looked good. Um, he did have a weird one where he, he keeps trying to force it and try to do too much, and he's making bad oh. plays. Uh, so hopefully the defense can figure it out and he fixes that because uh, I still think they're one of the best teams in football uh, if they can figure it out. You got to put them down low so that they can have something to strive for now. All right, <laughs> are they are they a five hundred team now, Matt? Have they hit the five hundred mark? Yeah, finally? yeah, three and three, man, three and three. Not bad. Perfect, perfect. So this could be it. This could be the turn, right? <laughs> they could be going up from here. Exactly, and I think they will for the next couple of weeks. It it'll be dependent on when they actually play a really good team, whether or not they can really climb out of uh, the basement of my bottom ten. But you know, number eight in the NFL is still pretty good. <laughs> a team that. Had a, almost a bye week this week, playing the New York Giants. I'm going to put the Rams in at number seven because, yeah, stomping on the Giants is good and all, but it's the Giants. So we, we can just move on from that. <laughs> Feel bad for New York Giants fans. Oh, man, both any New York fan, they're just sad. They're yep. just so sad. Yep. <laughs> but um, <laughs> not those Cowboy fans, man. They ended up squeaking out a good win against New England. We've already talked about it, so they're going to come in at number six. Um, a man who still owns a different team. I think he's like 22-2 and two or 25-2 and two when playing at Soldier Field in his career. Aaron Rodgers, I still own you. Green Bay Packers coming in at number five. That was Absolute awesome. Legendary moment, like... You know, you know, he only gets so many of those. You know, he's, he's getting to that point in age, but I'm sure the guy was absolutely loving screaming that towards the fans. Yeah, absolutely. Especially if uh, what he said was accurate. Apparently, some older woman fan was giving him the double birds. And so he wanted to let her know that he still owns this city, he still owns that team. Um, and he does, man. Aaron Rodgers is looking quietly great. They've rattled off, I think, five straight wins since that uh, week one performance in New Orleans. So, hey, man, they're climbing up those rankings. We'll see if they can get there. Um, um, my 8-0 prediction is, is is fearful now, you know, with the run that they've been making. Oh, yeah, man. But, you know, Arizona's been good. So, exactly. But we'll come in at number four with Buffalo, a team that lost to Tennessee. Uh, I think Tennessee, again, is, is right on the cusp of that top 10, top 15 teams in the NFL. So, Having a letdown off the Kansas City Chiefs, if they had made it on fourth and one, if Josh Allen doesn't slip, they probably win that game. So they might still yep. still be at number two for me, but um, I don't love the fact that they they did lose. Uh, so they, they dropped to number four, but Josh Allen and, and the Buffalo Bills are still a, a fearful team for anybody to be playing against. Five wins, one loss, puts you at fourth place. Easy as that. Four and two, Kevin. Four and two. Oh, well. I'm so good at math. They apparently. lost to Pittsburgh in the in the first game. Remember, that was an aberration. I don't remember though. that apparently. Well, that's okay. We move we move past it. <laughs> exactly. Be like a goldfish, man. Ten second memory. <laughs> Coming in hot at number three, those Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tom Brady absolutely lighting the league on fire. Still didn't love the fact that the game was close against Philadelphia. 
Um, especially with everybody saying Philadelphia is not such a great team. I would agree that they're not a fantastic team. And they, they gave it to Tampa Bay a bit at the end there. Um, so well, they come in at number three. I don't love the football that they've been playing. I think the two teams ahead of them have been playing much better football throughout the entire season. Um, and those two teams, man, the Baltimore Ravens coming in hot at number two. Absolutely destroying the Chargers uh, really opened my eyes. Lamar is having a better season than he did as an MVP uh, winner uh, from two years ago. He's absolutely dominant. Uh, he's doing it through the air. He's doing it on the ground. He's basically like the league's 10th best offense by himself. Like, obviously, you need the, the blockers in front of you and you need the wide receivers to catch the ball. But, yeah, by himself, he's basically the 10th best offense in the NFL. Just wild. I'm, I'm taking full credit for that. You know, helping him to a playoff victory last season has really put that confidence up in the air. So I'm just going to say you're welcome. You're welcome. Honestly, uh, six weeks into the season, um, I'm fearful of my Super Bowl pick. I had Kansas City versus the Rams. But right now, if you ha- if I had to pick, it's Arizona and Baltimore. Because Arizona coming wow. in hot at number one. They absolutely rolled Cleveland, like I mentioned, without their coach, without their top pass rusher, without their defensive linemen. Um, they didn't miss a beat. DeAndre Hopkins is too filthy. Christian Kirk, AJ Green, and uh, Rondell Moore make up way too good of, of wide receiver one or two through four. And Kyler Murray's just absolutely legendary he's still the mvp for me even with what lamar is doing i'd put you know kyler one lamar two um but yeah that's that's the top 10 my friend and i i think it's gonna hold i mean i would be pretty pumped for like an all bird super bowl you know it'd be it'd be pretty exciting to get those mascots against each other but uh yeah it's been a pretty wild nfl season and i'm hoping that the chaos continues you know you know we live in the basketball world where it's like you know you're always expecting this team or that team to win and we got a lot of parody last season, and I really enjoy when you're not expecting this, right? When you get to have a lot of fun in the postseason, when you get to have so many different teams get to have that opportunity and that chance to be, like, to go all the way, right? Absolutely. I mean, the NFC West is stacked with Arizona, Seattle, Rams, and the 49ers, and everyone was picking the uh, Cardinals to come last in that division. And they're 6-0 and through six weeks and just eating it up. Um, so we'll see. Cincinnati's doing a lot better than a lot of teams thought. Um, you know, they play Baltimore this week. I think that's going to be a really good test for them. We'll see um, if they can really show that they're at the top of the league in terms of competitiveness. Uh, Tennessee's playing Kansas City again this week. Um, so they're going to see, you know, from Buffalo to Kansas City, can they do it two weeks sure. in a row? Can they break into the top 10 and knock my my Chiefs out? Um, I think Las Vegas versus the Eagles is going to be a tough, tight game. I think the Eagles are going to be a lot more competitive in this game than a lot of people predict um, and give the the Vegas Raiders a, a run for their money, especially with everything that's going on in, in their house. Um, Saints Seahawks, uh, not the quarterbacks that, that you'd want. You know, normally it's yeah. Drew Brees versus uh, Russell Wilson, but this time it's going to be uh, Jameis Winston versus Geno Smith. Uh, but I think the rosters outside of that match up pretty well. It's going to be a tight game. And then a battle of bad teams. I think Atlanta versus Miami um, is going to be an interesting game. Uh, maybe a lot of points scored. Miami's got to figure it out, man. For a 10-win team last year, they have been absolutely atrocious. Just bad. There's hope. There's hope for them, right? But yeah, it's it's been tough. 
Anything else for the NFL, or shall we move into the NHL and Matt's absolute Montreal woes? Well, off the gridiron, onto the ice, uh, where I slip, fall, crash on my face, and cry. <laughs> oh, and for my friend, I have watched every single game and have just been so disheartened. Out of the 240 minutes of hockey I've watched, I've probably watched like 30 40 minutes of, of actually good competitive hockey from Montreal. Um, oh. The 10 minutes at the at the start of the Leafs game and then the 30 minutes against the San Jose Sharks at the end there, uh, they, they put together probably 30 minutes in that, that game of 60. Uh, they're just not playing hard, man. They're playing like a team that went to the Stanley Cup final and that is too good to be playing these, these also-ran Buffalo Sabres and the San Jose Sharks. We're too good for you guys. No, they're NHL players, man. And they... When they come and they outwork you, they are going to smash you, just like they showed. You guys have a 5-1 loss and a 5-0 loss to two of the worst teams, quote-unquote, in the NHL. Um, and they, they just aren't playing well. Without their number one defenseman, without their number one goalie, without their number one center from last year, this team looks completely different. Um, it's leading me to believe that we're getting Shane Wright. But uh, hey, man, Shane Wright's not a bad consolation prize. Um, if we're going to be bad for the next two years, this is the two years to do it. Shane Wright, Connor Bedard, uh, let's get them together so that uh, Nick Suzuki can be can be our third line center for years to come. We'd be we'd be stacked, stacked. Matt, <laughs> just living in dream world over here. This poor kid. Yeah, not a great start. Meanwhile, I got Austin over here, absolutely livid that the Sabers are playing how they are, but. You know, it's, it's a tough world, right? Ho hockey's back, and Matt is supposed to be on top of his game, on top of life, and super pumped. But, yeah, the the Canes, they've been letting you down. And, you know, maybe I need to tune into a game, bring my playoff magic from last season to you, where, they, you know, they always won when I was paying attention to their OTWs. But at the end of the day, dude, I can only hope for better hockey and future stars for your roster at this point. At the end of the day, um, I was encouraged by what I saw. Uh, even when they lost 5 nothing to San Jose um, because they actually started to play with pace and started to play as a unit. I think that if they can actually play hard like they did three years ago when they were like supposed to come dead last after drafting KK and then they yeah. were they were the highest uh, point team to ever miss out on a playoff spot. They tied with Columbus, but Columbus had like the head breaker. They had like 96 points that year. Max Domi put up 72 points. That team was a team that was told was bad all off season. And they came to the games to work, to prove everybody wrong. And I have the opposite feeling with this team. This is a team that was overhyped. Nick Suzuki signs that huge mega deal. Uh, Cole Caulfield is going to score 40 goals and win Calder of the Year by a landslide. They added Mike Hoffman. They added Tyler Toffoli. They've got all these players. Carey Price looks so good and all this stuff. And they're just, they're playing like that. Like they've been told that they're too good for this league. And when you're playing like you're too good to be, to be working hard, to be going into the corners, into the tough areas, that's when bad things happen. And they that's, that's their biggest issue is they're playing this, game from the perimeter from the outside and they're they're not attacking they're not they're just not playing with urgency their power play is a joke because they just look like yeah we'll eventually score 
they're playing like they won the cup, like they belong in the finals, and that they're gonna get there, and that it doesn't matter what the score is, how many games they win or lose, and that is not how you win games. That's not how you have a you know effective, efficient franchise. And I'm so, I'm sorry. That's all I can say, man. That that hurts to hear. Hey, man. You know what? Mark Bergeron wanted a ton of money apparently to stay with the Montreal Canadiens because uh, they went to the cup. This is just driving the price down. <laughs> honestly, honestly. All right. Any, anything else? What else in the NHL you got for me? Oh, well, we can talk about that Evander Kane being, I don't know what the word is, but being a buffoon for sending in a fake vaccine card to the NHL. Dude, this is a professional sports league with billion-dollar franchise values. You think that you're going to be able to forge a vaccine card and sneak it by them? The 21-game suspension is apropos um the san jose sharks are apparently trying to avoid his contract at this point like this man just wrecked his career i just don't understand how you can make millions of dollars be a professional athlete and think to yourself yeah i'm gonna do this thing that is affecting millions of people billions of people around the world and i think a fake card is gonna get me through stop don't eat i don't even know how to feel man it's just like i don't know how the brain processes that and thinks yeah i'm gonna get this is gonna be fine yeah yeah, no worries totally fine the craziest thing is he's a good hockey player like he's a very good hockey player he led the san jose sharks in points and goals and assists last year he's a excellent hockey player who deserves the contract that he makes he just makes poor poor decisions oh that's really it for me though on on evander kate in the nhl man it's it's week one People are overreacting. You know, some teams think they're going to win the cup, like the Sabres, who are 3-0. and Montreal's going to come last place with Shane Wright because they're they're 0-4. Um, we'll see how it all shakes out in the end, though, man. We still got 78 games plus for most teams, so it's going to be interesting. Can confirm. I have heard the we're winning a cup from insert delusional Sabres fan here. But let's move on to the NBA because we got a lot to talk about, Matt. Opening night was amazing. There's tons of things that happened, but... I want to start off like I always do with some injuries. Drew Holiday goes down after 11 minutes, and my fantasy score hurts because he's not going to be playing tonight. But thankfully, you know, the MRI scan comes back clean, so hopefully they're just holding him out for one game, and he'll be okay, and he'll get to play on the weekend. Bucks still absolutely dominated. We'll get to that in a minute. Continuing on, I was sad not to see Cade Cunningham play. Uh, he's got, I believe it's a foot injury that he's dealing with, so he's going to be out, they've said, till the 30th of October, so he's probably not going to play this month. You know, number one draft pick, you want to be safe, you want to do your due diligence and make sure they're healthy, but sad to not see him come out, especially because the Pistons lost, and they probably could have won that game if he was healthy. Man, they played pretty well last night. Um, I was shocked to see the score, um, and then the fact that they didn't have Cade, like, definitely against the, a pretty good Bulls team for sure uh, sad to say that DeMar apparently did not have a good night but again that's the Bulls they're still figuring out their thing they got a W Levine went off for my fantasy team so happy to see but let's stick to injuries I'm getting ahead of myself Matt let's talk about Zion a little bit because he's apparently not going to show up till November 2nd I'm sure you've seen the pictures going around of what he looks like right now because he's over 300 pounds like are you worried for this guy's knees? Because I am. Yeah, I'm worried for his knees and my predictions, man. Um, <laughs> I really thought that they were going to take the next step, but it looks like the the pictures that have gone around the internet, man, it, he looks 
very, very overweight, uh, which is something that they knew that they were going to have to control. The fact that he's having issues already with injury. This generational talent that he has could go to waste. It could be like a Lamar Odom situation where he just can't stay healthy enough to get yeah. to enough games because when he's on the court, man, he's definitely one of the best players in the NBA. It's just keeping him on the court, keeping him healthy. That's that's the tough part. It's almost a bit of a shame, right? And like we it's have to remember shame. that, like he's dealing with it's a leg injury. It's a it's his knee. Like I can't, I know that it's it's an injury that's limiting his ability to work out, limiting his ability to do cardio and stay in shape. Because like I am a small dude. I am somebody that you know has good metabolism, and it's hard for me to gain weight. Now, the opposite side of the spectrum is where Zion sits, right? He's a guy who is who is big. He is large. And I'm sure that if he can't work out and he can't run, he's just popping on the pounds like nobody's business. So, like, I feel bad for the guy. I feel bad for the kid that he can't, you know, keep his routine going. But at the same time, like, Zion, take care of yourself, buddy. You got to do a couple things. Like, there is a reason why you've been injured so far. And, you know, the hope is that he can come back and be healthy and be the dominant force that we've seen because, like, I don't want to not see a league without Zion in 10 years. Like I would I want him to be at peak dominant force fighting with Luka, fighting with all these other stars at the to be an MVP, to be an all-star, but pain, Matt, just pain is all I see. Absolute pain um for the guy, for his family, for the New Orleans Pelicans organization and fan base. Um I'd love to see him dominate. I definitely love to see it. I'm feeling pain for my predictions. <laughs> All right, well, we'll move along. There's a couple other things before we get to real things. Matt, quickly, I want to mention that Lillard is apparently not leaving. He's come out. He's been having good conversations with Chauncey Billups, so that's a big revelation. That sucks for me and my predictions. You said that he was getting out of there. Apparently, he believes in his ability to hold that boulder up, and Chauncey's apparently helping him. So thoughts on that at all? I saw that. Um, I think that it's... It's very optimistic, maybe a little foolhardiness, uh, but hey, man, he's ride or die with that franchise. He's been like that since day one. He's got to be the most loyal NBA player in league history. Um, But we'll see, man. I mean, it's easy to say before the season starts, but they lost last night, and if they, you know, come out here and they don't get a a win very quickly, things could change. It's it's easy to say it before the season starts, but when you're Owen. 5-0-7, you might want to jump ship. <laughs> yeah, decisions change, right? I mean, I'm laughing over there with Simmons getting kicked out of practice, like, n- n- like does not care. He got his phone on in his pocket in a hoodie, just like, will not go into defensive drills. I don't want to talk about it because we have beaten this horse dead over and over and over, but man, I just, I, I, I find it funny that every week we get to hear something new about Ben Simmons not wanting to be a Philadelphia 76er. I find it just aggravating and annoying (laughs) that this man is doing this. Like, I understand that you're upset with the franchise. I understand that you're upset with the fan base. But just show up and play. Just show up and work hard. Show up and try and get your trade value to the point where you're going to get to a different roster where you're going to be valued. Uh, Because at this point, what you're doing is you're showing everybody in the league why they shouldn't trade for you. This situation was caused because you don't like to take three-point shots and jump shots. That's a you problem. It's not a (laughs) Philadelphia problem. Yes, they have a problem with you because you don't do it. And yes, they might have crossed a couple lines saying things about you and, and creating memes about you. But at the end of the day, man, 
that's what you sign up for when you're a professional athlete. That's why you get paid $30 million a year to play basketball. It's because the fans have the right to be fans. And so you're going to have to put up with that. Just just get out of there. I don't know. Just don't show up anymore. It's, it's annoying to me. <laughs> it's so frustrating. I mean, even Joel, who's like, I don't even care about that man anymore. Like, you know, I love to see it. And, you know, it's... It's just funny. I have to bring it up because I just find it hilarious. But yeah, we can move along from here, Matt. I want to briefly talk about the extensions before we talk about open night because a billion dollars has been handed out to that 2018 rookie draft class at this point. Aiden doesn't have a contract. Bagley doesn't have a contract. Sexton, Bamba, and Knox. A couple players from the lottery that probably don't deserve it, but the fact that the Suns won't give Aiden a contract, Matt, I feel wrong if we don't bring that up right now. I think it's so funny that they passed on Luka Doncic to draft DeAndre Aiden just to not pay this man. Like, yes, he is not a absolute generational superstar talent a la Trey Young, a la Luka, but you drafted him number one overall. He's probably, I want to say the third to sixth best center in the NBA in that range on a given night, depending on how well he's playing. Um, I'd, I guess maybe four to, to seven. God, I forgot yeah, about Cat. Cat, Jokic, But also he has the NBA. guards. He has the guard play around him to enable and uplift his potential, which, like, I'm sorry, Cat, you don't have right now, right? Oh, Cat does, though. Last night was a was a good step. <laughs> true, true. I should have I should have drafted Edwards. Let's be honest. But, oh, but, like, that's what oh. I mean. Like, <laughs> yeah. But, but what we're talking about is is DeAndre Ayton has the players around him to elevate him to that spot. Like I would say that you know in the entire NBA, he's probably like fifth, sixth best center. Um, like if I'm gonna put a number exactly on it, but mm-hmm. he gets upgraded into that top three because of CP3, because of Booker, and. Yeah, the maximum amount of money for him is probably a little bit of an overpayment, but that's what the NBA is. Like Andrew Wiggins in his max contract, D'Angelo Russell in his max contract, Michael Porter Jr. in his max contract. Should I go on? Like there are players out there that don't deserve $30 million a year, but they make it because that's what the NBA market is. That's what they've created for themselves as players. And as owners, they've allowed that to happen. So they're going to have to bite the bullet. They're going to have to pay them. I mean, he's going to be in our face, and somebody's going to offer him a Mac, so a year from now, the Suns are going to pay it. So that's the end of the conversation. But it just creates drama for a season where you were supposed to be going back and trying for a championship, and now you've got Aiden sitting in the back going, maybe this doesn't work out, maybe I don't want to be here because they don't care for me, they don't love me. And the Phoenix Suns as an organization are constantly, if you look at the back of their history, have done this. They do not care. They don't want to pay their players. But it has to be brought up. We can move on from there, Matt. Shall we talk about opening night? Shall we talk about the fact that the NBA is back, my friend? Man, 35 minutes into the episode, basically, and we're just getting (laughs) to the point where NBA basketball is back. I am so excited. I do want to start with that Nets-Bucks game because my boy Giannis proved why he was the finals MVP last year, why they won the championship. They played phenomenal he was absolutely unreal yes kevin durant was great for like i think a 10 minute stretch because outside of that 10 minute stretch he wasn't too great but yeah man the bucks back to back baby back to back it is possible and like when you consider what Giannis was doing because the first half of that game was Giannis, like new age Giannis, right experimenting doing what he's doing showing us all those new bags and then second half was hey guys 
I'm a finals MVP. I can do this whenever I want. <laughs> That's part of why the Bucks won the game. They look so good. I love the rotational pieces that they've added. I'm excited to see where this team can go. I'm sad about Drew Holiday. I, I, I'm glad that he's fine. You know, he looked really good when he came out of the gate. He was confident knocking down shots, which is why I drafted him, because I'm confident and I believe, again, that they will have a chip on their shoulder now that they have a ring. And also, Matt, those rings, the way that you can turn them into a pendant, that's pretty cool, but also, like, these rings are getting so extravagant every single year. It's wild. <laughs> Way too extravagant, my friend. They're they're sweet rings, but, yeah, it's a little extravagant. And they're I feel, I feel like... I feel like Raptors fans, like, we, we screwed up by making those rings that we had by being, like, super massive and crazy, and now it's just, like, the building blocks are growing from there. But, yeah, this Bucks team, nobody's stopping them. Yeah, I think if Brooklyn had Kate or Kyrie, they, yeah. they probably have a chance um, of just absolutely wiping them out. But Harden struggled to get to the line, man, which I think is something that I was very happy about because his whole career, I've been like, yes, he scores the basketball at a very well, a very high rate, but he gets to the free throw line at an even higher rate by kicking out his legs and doing all these things. The James Harden rule is in effect. The guy only got to the line four times. Um, he did still drop 28-8, which is like not a bad game, uh, considering that's an off game. I mean, it shows you the type of player he is. But I think Kyrie and the fact that he can just cook and just pull up and hit a shot from anywhere and allows them to kind of do a little bit more. And I think with their bench that they have, they need Kyrie if they're going to win a championship. I think what we saw, simply put, is that Kyrie is the important piece here at the end of the day because Harden can play without KD. Kyrie can play without KD. KD can play without either of them, but the rest of the pieces on the floor around KD don't really matter because when KD's on the floor, it's his game, it's his world. Whereas Harden and Kyrie have a little bit more versatility, and, and Kyrie can play with both of them and, and, and build them up so much. And I mean, there is also the fact that Joe Harris still sucks and probably doesn't deserve that contract, but... You know, I don't, I don't want to go too hard on this Nets team, but it's really looking like they're going to be in trouble unless Kyrie either gets the vaccine or they, you know, can trade him for useful pieces. But again, if he is back, that big three is is probably also unstoppable. That's kind of the fun of the East right now. We've got these two teams. One that is the unstoppable force is healthy, minus Drew Holiday right now, I guess, and is coming off a championship. And the other one has got a bunch of questions, right? So it's a fun toss-up at the top absolutely a fun toss-up and if the nets do figure it out with Kyrie um they're hard to bet bet against but at this point with the bucks full roster intact um they're going to be a force I think that Miami team is going to be a force this year too I yep. think um they're going to be a lot better than anticipated but let's let's talk about the games that actually happened my friend uh besides the bucks rolling the nets and getting that dub Golden State in a Steph Curry so-so game, I mean, a triple-double isn't a so-so game for most people, but when you're not shooting it lights out like Steph Curry normally does, I guess it's a bad game. But they took out that new squad, even with LeBron and AD going off. Talk to me they about put up it. Like 70, they put like 70 points, the two of them, LeBron and AD. Like Westbrook was off, blah, blah, blah. Narrative here, narrative that. I don't want to talk about that that doesn't matter it's the beginning of the season curry had a bad game as his standards still gets a triple double what i want to talk about really quickly matt is jordan Poole because he was not good except for 
that 10 minute stretch in like the third quarter where he was a microwave and he was just bang, 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 knocking down shots. Um, the rookie, um, whose name I can't remember now off the top of my head for Golden State, was really good and came out swinging, but Moody? this game was just a... Sorry? Moody? Yeah, I think Moody had moments. I think this is the other one, but either, or it might have been a second-year sophomore player, but regardless, it was a seesaw of a game back and forth between the Lakers and Golden State, and it was a fun matchup at the end of the day. It was exactly what I think fans wanted to see at the beginning, you know? LeBron putting up an absolutely masterpiece game in his... I'm sorry, is this his 18th season? Yeah. At this point in time? Like, the guy is 36, 37, like, and to still come out and be like, guys, don't forget about me. I'm the best player in the league still if I want to be when I'm healthy, when my team is working around me. So I think we got to see a lot of exciting things for these teams, and the Lakers had all of their struggles and problems put on point right at the beginning, and I hope that'll be good for them and allow them to kind of progress and become the team that we all know that they're going to be capable of come the postseason yeah and i honestly think that they're just fixing a lot of their roster um at this point like they're trying to figure out who works with who um what what moments can we have certain players in the game and what defensive structures do we have to have what offensive structures do we have to have because I mean, it's notorious for Russell Westbrook to start a little slow when he joins a new team. Think about last year with the Wizards. He didn't play the first 40 of the games very well. They were they were a bad team. They weren't winning games. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, something must have clicked with Westbrook. He turns himself into an MVP candidate again, averaging a triple-double. They go on a crazy tear in the second half of the season and make the play-in tournament. I think that'll happen again. He's too good of a player not to figure it out. LeBron James is too good of a player not to figure out a way to incorporate Russell Westbrook. It's going to be come playoff time where they really kind of need to figure all that out. But right now, it's just experimental season, and they're gonna like they're gonna find what works for them. They've got Anthony Davis who looked phenomenal, 15 of 26 last night or the other night. LeBron James, 13 of 23, like they're going to win a ton of games um i think this spoke a lot more to golden state for me though yes. and i think that at fourth place in, on my western conference rankings i think might have been a little bit too low at this point i think they could even go higher um jordan Poole, you're right didn't have a good game he still dropped 20 points uh they've got a lot of good young pieces and a, a deep bench this is looking like the golden state team that went 73 and 9 as opposed to like the the juggernaut teams with KD, um, mm. and I, that was their best recipe. Let's be honest. And Clay might be coming back December, Christmas time, which means that we get the majority of the season with this good Golden State team, with a hopefully healthy, strong Clay Thompson. And it's the ball movement, right? The ball movement is back. And though Curry didn't have a great game, he still is such a beast off ball. So yeah, I think you're right, Matt. I think this did talk a lot about Golden State and the force that they're gonna be because they've slowly figured things out. And also, like, they're a trade or two away from a true championship scaring potential because Wiggins looked really strong too. Like, yeah, Golden State, man. Golden State's on. They're coming. They're coming for sure. They're definitely coming for it this year. See if they can they can add another championship to this core of, of uh, Draymond, Steph, and Clay. Uh, and I wouldn't bet against it. They look that good. Uh, you want to talk about some Wednesday night notables before we get into Raptors chat, or do you want to just kind of get into the Raptors chat, my friend? 
I mean, I feel like I've mentioned the things that I do already want to talk about, and then I'll talk about the Knicks-Celtics game when we talk about our game coming up, but I do want to talk about Raps. I want to break it down because though the home opener was not great for us, Matt, it has been almost 20 months since the boys got to play in Toronto, and yes, we took an L, but man, the energy, the atmosphere, it felt good to be back, that's for sure absolutely felt amazing to be back uh you saw freddie say it that uh they let the fans down that game because the crowd was absolutely unreal um but you know what man it was a rough game to watch they jump out to that five nothing lead and then it all kind of falls apart um they're they're being selfish with the ball they're taking uh ball hog shots like playing hero ball um, then our offense, because we can't score, bleeds into our defense, and now our defense can't can't stop anybody. Uh, but at the end of the day, for having such a poor performance, um, allowing 57 points in the, the first half when we scored, like, what, 37? Oh, yeah. The fact that we held them to under 100 points by the end of the game, the fact that they mm-hmm. made it close, that we had such great moments, Delano Banton... Uh, Scotty Barnes, Goron looked really good. I think that it's encouraging, um, and that we could we could really figure it out. Uh, but it's gonna be there's gonna be a lot of growing pains. Matt, we shot twenty nine percent from the field in the first half of that game. All right, you said it best earlier. Our offense bled into our defense, and it brought along disengagement from our players. And it was really sad to see because, yeah, we had big moments. The Scotty Baby Skyhook, you know, the threes that we got to see, Goron looking like a true vet that he is. Like, there were moments. And OG, OG's not going to come out and shoot, what, 17%? Like, he had a bad night. But also, let's not forget that he's 25, 26. Like, he's not exactly a veteran. He's only been in this league for a few years, and... He probably came in tonight expecting to be the man, right? Like, the weight that was on his shoulders, like, we don't know what goes through his mind. Like, OG's cool and collected, but I'm sure there was a little something. And at the end of the day, if we get the ghosts out of the building early, you know, tough for the fans that wanted that, you know, W returning back home. But there was enough good moments in this game to make me happy for the season, even though it was a blowout at the end of the day. Yeah, I, I think you said it right there that we did have enough good moments in this game um, to get over the fact that it was a blowout. Um, the disengagement on the defensive end isn't going to happen every night. OG Ananobi's not going to shoot this poorly. Fred Van Vliet's not going to shoot this poorly every single game. Um, I, and you know what? OG Ananobi, as the first game, as the number one option, I think he was trying to do a little bit too much. And was trying yep. to show the fact that he that he does have a bag, and he he was you know putting up some decent shots that were just not going in. I think he hit the rim on most of his three point attempts uh, before he finally made one. Uh, yep. They weren't like horrible attempts. It's just nothing was going down. So I think as as the season progresses and the more confidence he gets, the more that those shots are going to start to go down. And and you see it right like when he knocked down that first three the game opened up for him and he was more confident he was hitting shots so it just it's unfortunate and like how often does that happen right you come out you have a cold moment and you're like ah but shoot or shoot right like he doesn't shoot a shot expecting to miss so he's gonna keep going and once that one big shot because it switched that first three of his that went in it just boom right it was a bullet so it gave him a lot of confidence and i have hope for og i still i still believe in this kid you know like it was a tough game to start but again 
the boys are going to bounce back. We're in Toronto. It's going to be a fun season ahead of us. And at the end of the day, if you really look at this roster and what we expect out of it is to be a very competitive team in three, four years. Like that's when we think that our championship window would kind of start to open up. If you looked at the best players on our team last night, I'm actually going to attribute it to the rookies. I think Scotty Barnes and Delonto Banton were the best Raptors last night. Banton with, you know, we were down 30 points at the end of the third quarter. He gets thrown in there by Nick nurse. And he was like, guys jump on my back. I'm going to bring all of this energy. I'm going to show you what being a Toronto Raptor is all about. It's a flying half court three shot. Um, had a behind-the-back move on Bradley Beal, had steals, had energy. I loved the way he played. He definitely earned himself way more minutes in my estimation. I think he was like our fourth-leading scorer in like 11 minutes of, of game time, which was wild. And the fact that Barnes was our leading scorer with Freddie at 12 points, like yeah, Freddie can score the ball. He scored 50 points in, a, in this league in a game, so he can do it again. And OG can score the ball. It'll it'll come. It's just growing pains at the moment. We were also missing two key pieces to our rotations because let's not forget Pascal Siakam is a part of this team. He is a bucket. The man, he came off of an amazing championship run as the number two and went through some COVID struggles, went through some issues with Kyle, blah, blah, blah. We don't need to get into it. But he will come in and he will get us those buckets. And I look at what Delano Banton did did and I loved it because I think about my boy Utah who I can't wait to finally get to play in Toronto to come back because he has that energy he has those moments he has the Ibaka like character to come in have some hustle plays get an offensive rebound get a dunk hit an important three and you know we were missing a lot of that hustle we were missing important moments last night and so it'll come it'll come down the line I'm looking forward to we got some good games coming up Matt should we talk about them really quick Celtics on Friday oh I'm kind of scared of this game after what Jalen Brown did should have had 50 points last night Matt double OT against the Knicks what a banger of a game absolute banger game he was a absolute monster um couldn't believe what I was what I was seeing from him Julius Randle and Fournier played well um, RJ Barrett started the game so poorly, but ended up really picking it up in the end there. So that team might be better than our estimations. Uh, but again, opening night, man, opening night. You see LaMelo Ball, who had a horrible start to his game, drop a 30, 31 point, almost triple double. Like he turned it on in the second half. And then you have guys who, you know, expect to do well, and Jason Tatum, who, who struggled all night. So. Yeah, he, he, I think he dropped like 20-plus points, but it was a, a struggle to get there for him, which is not normally the case. Yeah, he's not going to struggle against us on Friday, which is what worries me, right? Like Never does. I, Jalen Brown's – yeah, I know exactly. Jalen Brown's not going to have the same kind of night, let's hope. But, like, Tatum should do fine, and hopefully our injury struggles won't bother us. But it should be a fun game against the Celtics. I'm hoping for a W, but, again, we are um, – we're, we're, we're playing at Boston Garden, so that's never good for us. And then – we will see, Matt. We will see you from there. It's going to be a tough one, man. Uh, if they beat the Celtics, that would be a good feather in their cap, but I don't expect them to beat the Celtics. Um, Playing the Mavs, it, we haven't seen what Luka Doncic and that team is, is going to look like this season just yet. Um, so that'll be a good test on a back-to-back. Hopefully they can get that win, but, you know, when you're playing Luka Magic, he's he's got more than a 50% chance of winning, in my opinion. 
it's a tough back-to-back for the Raptors. You know, having a true rival in Boston who expects to, to get a W at home and then to come back your next game in Toronto, you know, to bring in this Mavs team who has a lot of aspirations, it's going to be tough. And then to flip to Monday for the Bulls to show up, for DeMar to come home, like... It's, it's a tough start to the season after taking an L against the Wizards. I think that's exactly it right there. The L against the Wizards. Like, if we're 1-0 right now, and we, we're looking at this week and we're thinking, you know, 1-4 at the worst, it's, <laughs> it's not a horrible, horrible place. We could even see a 2-3 and three, um, losing the Celtics, Mavs, and Bulls and beating the Pacers. Um, but, man, it, it's going to be tough. And you know what? Charlotte put in work last night against that Pacers team to win. LaMelo Ball had to go absolutely off. But some guy named DeMontis Sabonis or whatever (laughs) dropped a 33-15 and double-double, my friend. Like, 13 of 19, 4 of 6 from deep. Like, the guy was an absolute machine. Um, They're a scary team. And Chris Duarte, like, this kid dropped... 27 points malcolm brogdon with 28 on an inefficient night for himself so this is a deep deep squad the eastern conference man um yeah i, I should have knocked them raptors down in my prediction Sabonis <laughs> put up like 22 points in the first quarter of yeah that game man last night like pacers the pacers team is mad at us they're gonna come at us like hopefully not as well as the jazz but they're mad at us for our rankings of them of this season and yeah that's a tough finale right and we're looking at some hard games coming up this week, but again, am I of the mindset now, Matt, that winning, losing, right now it doesn't matter, and I just want to see more fun, I want to see more Scotty B having his moments, I want to see Fred being a leader and not just a, a ball chucker, like, there's a lot I want to see, and I want Utah back, I want my boy, I want to hear his cheer because I loved hearing Banton come in because he got absolutely one of the biggest cheers from that crowd as he should you know hometown hero but i think utah is going to be beloved by fans and i can't wait to have him welcomed back into toronto fans at home absolutely uh i'm pumped for it man i'm thinking that it could be a good week i'm also thinking it could be a horrible week but you know raptors basketball is back at the end of the day, I loved what I saw from Scotty Barnes. I loved what I saw from Delonto Banton. So if those are the two, you know, next key pieces of our championship core, hey man, I ain't too upset about it. Not upset at all. All right, well, we've been holding on real long. Let's move into some hot takes. Let's move into some mystic predictions. I'll start. We got the Bucks and the Heat tonight. First game of my legend Kyle Lowry himself which we sorely missed let's be honest Kyle would have been big for us but again that's in the past let's move on from there I think he's gonna have a huge huge night against the Bucks. I don't expect the Heat to win because the Bucks are massive but I'm expecting a double double something like 15 points 11 assists like Kyle's gonna love playing in Miami yeah I think uh with Bam on a bio and Jimmy Butler and Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson he's gonna get some some pretty easy assists out there um and Kyle Lowry he's the man so at the end of the day I, I can't argue with that i'd even say he, he'd be close to a triple double you know that man likes to grab some rebounds it's true man he, i mean with that booty he can do anything the guy is a legend <laughs> absolute legend on uh, our raptors are going to be missing him all week my friend i think that the and one start kind of falls into this the celtics are going to be tough the mavs are going to be tough the new look bulls tough and the pacers with sabonis 
I'm looking at an 0-4 week for our Raptors, my friend. We're going to start the season 0-5, me- almost mirroring my Montreal Canadiens. Ah, sports are tough when your teams are bad, man. But at least they're back. At least they're back. Exactly. I'm going to sit through every single minute of that 05 if that happens. But hey, hopefully it won't. Hopefully the boys will have some awesome moments. OG might come out and have the exact opposite and shoot a 71% shooting night. Like, we can dream as Raptors fans, right, Matt? You got to dream, man. You got to dream that keeps this world interesting. <laughs> exactly. All right. Anything else, my friend? No, nah, man. I think that's good. Beautiful. Well, thanks everybody for being here. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at The Board Sports. Like, subscribe, give us a thumbs up, whatever you need. And check us out at TheBoardSports.net for new episodes and blog posts. And we'll talk to you next time.